This episode contains discussions on depression and suicide. Hello and welcome to my brand new podcast, Voices, with me, Sally Morgan. But you may know me best as Psychic Sally. Throughout my career, I have worked with celebs, royalty and toured the world, helping people to find closure and happiness through the words and wisdom of their loved ones that have passed. This series, we will be hearing from voices of a different kind. Each episode, I will speak to powerful, strong and influential women about their lives. Today, I talk to dating expert Nadia Essex. I'm like, I just can't see how this would get any better. And if I can't see how it's going to get any better, what's the point? Whereas now, what, the, what I can see is brighter and more colourful than I could have ever imagined. Well, I am very, very lucky to have someone so special here today. And if I might say that... I relate to her in so many ways, um, especially her strength and how she's overcome um, some very dark periods in her life. And she's here to tell the tale, which for so many of us, um, it would take a lot longer. Um, I have with me here today, Nadia Essex. Hello, my darling. Hi. <laughs> and she's, you know, you're very, very well known. She's very famous and she really came onto our screens with Celebs Go Dating. But she's a dating coach to the stars, really. That's how I would describe you. Oh, I mean, I'll take it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. People yeah. said a lot worse. Oh, but, well, darling. Yeah. Well, we won't go into that. Really. <laughs> you know, they're always there. We're never going to get rid of them, are we? Haters are my motivators. Well, this is, haters are our motivators. Yeah. I'll have to remember that one. Mm. Um, so, you know, just so that we get it out of the way, um, you have experienced some some very low points, haven't you, recently? Yeah, I mean, you know, I kind of, my whole life, I thought, you know, getting Slebska dating was really, really difficult for me. It was, um, I actually got the gig the yeah. day before we started filming. Yeah. So I'd gone through a really long casting process and they couldn't decide between me and I think one or two other people that had like written books on dating and because on paper I was the worst possible so choice. So on paper what 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 were your credentials? How did they sort of choose you? Well, I just was good at my job. I had I had a coaching business. I had clients, but I hadn't, you know, I haven't been to university. I haven't studied psychology. I haven't written any books on the matter. I hadn't, I wasn't really sort of... At the moment, of, at the moment. Uh, exactly. <laughs> um, but so they, it was, it was them sort of deciding between, well, she's, she's good on telly and good at her job, but these people have got the credentials. They've written, one woman's written six books and mm. she's no, but she's not as good on the telly side. Yeah, and, well, you're very good. Your personality and you're articulate and you're able to uh, get across the passion of your coaching well I, I am passionate about it and that and even on the telly you know I I rightly or wrongly took it really seriously even if the celebs didn't so when I would get angry well that was genuine I would really mm. get angry with these people because they wouldn't listen mm -hmm. and it's like I know we're here to make a tv show but do you, like like this is my job actually mm. and if you're going to sit there and sort of take the mickey and not listen and just think this is a game this isn't a game because actually the people you're dating are real life people exactly they they didn't sign up to be mugged off or you know treated as a game like they they're here spending 12 13 14 15 hours at a mixer to meet you exactly like, don't and, and you yeah. did that you must have uh, come across amazing and people really loved it because you did 
four or five series, didn't you? Yeah, it was good. It was great. I, I really enjoyed it because it was just a chance to kind of spread the gospel because I'm very old fashioned in my dating. I don't do dating apps. I don't do websites. I'm an old fashioned girl. And celebrity dating was like that. You know, we'd have mixers. People would meet in real life. There was nothing done online. So it it helped me kind of spread the word of like chemistry and old school and stuff. And are you, what do you feel about this speed dating? I'm fascinated by that because it's literally you move around the room, don't you, at different tables or something? Yeah, I think speed dating, I don't know anyone, I mean, I might be wrong, but I've never come across anyone that's actually found anyone at speed dating. But I think it's a bucket list event that if you go just there to have a good time, yeah. you can't go wrong. Perfect. But it is about having fun. And actually, what you should be proud of if you do go speed dating is the fact that you've put yourself out there. You know, I know so many people that sit at home. In fact, one of my friends, I went round to her house and we hadn't seen each other in about a month. And she'd finished work and we sat down and she made me a cup of tea. And she then put, pulled her phone out and I was like, I'm just going to see. I'm not going to interrupt. I'm just going to see. For 45 minutes, she sat swiping left and right on her phone and eventually came up for her and was like, are you okay? <laughs> and it was 45 minutes I sat there while she sat on her phone dating it's and messaging people. And I just, I was fascinated. How can you get to know someone though? Just, you can't, you, you, I mean, dating and finding the right person has got to be face to face, flesh to flesh, hasn't it? Yeah, it's chemistry. I mean, I chemistry. don't, I don't think you can get chemistry from like a keyboard. For, certainly for me, I, I like vibes. I like, you know, mm. give me the, give me some good chat. And, you know, the, I've done on my fair share of online dating, trust me. And for me, like the worst thing is when guys message you and it's just like, hey. Mm. And I'm like, listen, honey, I'm not a horse. What am I supposed to do with that? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hi, like hi. Ugh, so you're, you're, you're a great advocate then, like I would be, of actually meeting the people, the person, yeah. the individual, to make up your mind if that's the person that you'd like to go on another date with. Definitely. And I think, you know, there certainly in London, I'm London-based, there are women come to me all the time, oh, I can't find any men, I can't find any men. Why do you think, that, sorry, why do you think that is? Why, why do you, I mean, you know, I'm very much a plain Jane. Yeah, I'd never, I, before I was married, I never had any trouble <laughs> in, you know, men wanting to date me. So it's a bit like, why do women have problems with dating they the problems they've got a lot of them are self-inflicted they they'll come to me and they'll say I don't know why I'm going wrong and I'll be like okay well when was the last time you went out to meet men well, what are you talking about well, when was the last time you got your girlfriend and went out to go and meet guys <laughs> what, what, what well never like, well, what, what do you do? Well, I meet my girlfriends and we'll go to the cinema. Or I'll meet my girlfriends and we'll mm. get drunk. And, what, like, what? But do you think it's also people's lifestyle nowadays? We work so hard, don't we? And women are, um, thank goodness, as much as men at the top of their game in many professions. So the hours that you work are very long, aren't they? Yeah, but, you know, we've got, you've got the same 24 hours as Beyonce. Got the same 24 hours as anyone that yeah. can hold down a career and a man and a child and a whatever they want. Like, if you have, like, excuses are, just don't cut it. So, with a dating coach, what is success for you that at the end of the day, that particular client that doesn't have a boyfriend, doesn't know how to get a boyfriend, ends up with a long-term partner? Is that success? What is success to you for your client? Yeah, I would say so. I like... I'm a big believer in, so I'll take my clients out 
you know, we'll go out in the evening. So I will take them. Oh, you'll be there with them. Oh yeah, absolutely. We do like live coaching. So I'll take them, we'll go to a nice bar, a nice restaurant and we'll sit down and I will teach them sort of live the red flags who like if I say who do you who do you like in the room right well how are we going to get him to approach you what's he going to say when he comes over I'm going to pop to the toilet so it gives you a chance to chat to him one-on-one and just teach them real genuine practical tips that even if that night they don't meet someone I get calls three months six months down the line saying I've got a boyfriend because I started going out using your tips and it's worked and so it's just sort of reminding people men and women that you know we're all kind of looking for the same thing and actually when you stop making excuses and making it hard for yourself it's fabulous yeah <laughs> it's great dating's oh, yeah. wonderful it is. we all have a nice date i mean I, mm. i've been with john 46 years so i haven't been on a date for 46 years but yeah dating um and it's fun you can have a laugh can't you yeah. as well yeah you know. and even if you don't have a good date i mean i i always say the, the there's no such thing as a bad date just really good stories yeah because actually the worst a date is the more you will talk about it for the rest of your life and so just go with it and ultimately the, the the person that you're on a date with is another human being and there's eight billion of us on this planet somehow that human has found their way to be sitting in front of you amazing like this is amazing like talk to them find out their passions find out what they're interested in because so you're so now in your life mm. um because we know that there was a, a bit of a problem where you, you you couldn't really work could you you couldn't do anything yeah so well celebs dating finished very abruptly yeah um unfortunately and just i mean there was a lot there's a lot i mean unfortunately very publicly there's a lot in the papers so and then yeah uh, you know on google yeah but um, you have to we have to live with that yeah. you know the thing is once it's there it's there and it's yeah. about um dealing with that it's not really about what that was saying it's about how we handle it don't you think absolutely and you no one trains you for this you know no one trains you when you I think also as well when you make a mistake when you're not in the public eye it's bad enough but when you make a mistake and everybody's got an opinion it and I mean everybody I had 10,000 messages basically telling me I was a horrific human being and I should kill myself yeah but don't you along those lines those people that do that this is what I feel about I think they've got a bigger problem than the problem they're aiming at us totally and you really have to it's it's easier said than done but you know I practice it's like an affirmation for me on Mm -hmm. a daily basis um you have to just say to yourself that you know, I'm not a bad person. You're not a bad person. Yeah, and I think, like, mistakes are are the stepping stone to teach you the biggest lessons. Yeah. Because when it was all going well, I was in, you know, looking back now, I actually didn't like myself very much. I didn't like who I was when I was on Celebs Good Eating Series 1, 2, 3, 4. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even known. I was just kind of wrapped up in this whole, like... Well, we become busy, don't we, with our lives. And whatever we're busy with, um, that's our focus. But, you know, my nan, she had this saying, and I always say it to people that are trying to recover from um, adversity where they feel they're to blame. My grandmother used to say, Sally, if all our problems and our mistakes were a pimple on our face, no one would go out the door. 100%. So, you know, no one, no one is blameless. Of course. And 
that's what you know people like you and I we have to remember yeah you've been to very dark places haven't you well I think also for me as well and certainly how I felt is I felt that it that the backlash that I received was not just and not fair there were a lot of lies told about me and spread about me that just fundamentally weren't true and so when you're getting if people kind of hate you because you've screwed up I feel like you can probably take that on the chin. But when people hate you because of somebody that's lied about you, you then get an anger to go with it that that you don't normally get. And this is where the anger, which you're going to be, it's like, you know, most of the time when I find myself crying over something, I'm crying with anger because I don't Mm. have a voice to go back at them. Totally. Because you give these people oxygen. Yeah. All you're doing, it's like, you know, the little pumps with the fire, you're just (laughs) fanning the flames. Yeah. So you, it's very difficult, but you have to step back. Yeah. And you just have to let them burn themselves out. I thought that it made me feel better to argue with people. So when I had my Twitter accounts that people talk about lots, for me, they were an opportunity to argue and defend myself against trolls because I thought that was it, it, the right thing to do. I grew up in a household with three brothers and you had to debate and you had to fight. Well, you had to fight your corner. Fight your corner because you would get blamed. And the mum, you know, your mum would be like, who stole the last packet of crisps? And who did it? And you would fight to the death. So I became really good at fighting. And also with when you, words. but also when you look at it, you, you were not just fighting for the justice. You were fighting because your career was on the line. Totally. You know, all of this, all of this obscene stuff that was being said about you. Yeah was ruining your potential earnings. And I and I genuinely, I, I really thought that I could, by arguing with people, I could change their opinion you and win them over. You could put your case over. across, but you, yeah. And the biggest thing I have learned is that don't even engage. I, I look back at how, like I said, I didn't like who I was because I was really unhappy. I never realized how fundamentally unhappy I was with the person that I was. Yeah, but don't you think you were unhappy because of how hard you were working, um, the circumstances you were working under, the people that you were interacting with? So it's not surprising. I think just personally call me psychic you're being very very hard on yourself but I do think you have to take responsibility and for me my responsibility in that situation is I should have communicated better I 100% shouldn't have done the gone down the route that I went down and I will always hold my hands up and say absolutely I shouldn't have engaged with trolls on the internet I shouldn't have spent eight hours at one point arguing with people i spent three days arguing with people the same people on twitter over and over and over and over again i should have communicated to the people around me that i was struggling and i was venting and it and i should have said i need help but But i should have spoken out you know now so you never do that again the block button is my girl yeah i love her we love block delete block block, yeah delete delete delete, delete. it It makes me feel amazing and i love and i still see people on twitter now that are like oh they couldn't handle the truth they blocked me and i'm like guys if you honestly it's not about handling the truth you i will not let you You. affect my peace yeah i'm gonna go and make myself a nice little sandwich have a nice cup of tea and i'm gonna forget you even existed well that's what we always say we're not going to own your hate enjoying the podcast 
why not join Sally for her 10-year anniversary tour, Psychic Sally 10 Years and Counting. The messages from beyond will come in thick and fast in this funny, entertaining, touching, sometimes heartbreaking show. Sally will be using her skills as a world-renowned psychic in this jaw-dropping experience that has attracted and amazed theatergoers and psychic fans for the last decade. To get your tickets, head to sallymorgan.tv now. And just so you know, this episode was recorded at City of Quebec. City of Quebec is situated close to Oxford Street, offering a chilled, relaxing atmosphere during the day and a selection of entertainment of an evening. Downstairs hosts their club and is open until 3am Friday and Saturday nights, with DJs putting their individual twists on each night. For all the latest goings on, check them out on Instagram at the Quebec. If there's one thing I can teach, sort of spread the gospel about, is this. I have never been happier since I let it go. Let it go. It, you can't change people's minds. And one thing I know is because when I was arguing with people on Twitter, I was fundamentally unhappy. And it was it was a projection of my unhappiness. Yeah. And so I was fighting them and I was like, well, I'm yeah. going to tell you about yourself well, to make myself it, feel better. Well, all you're doing is you're just exposing your own hatred totally. that can live within all of us. Yeah. You know, hopefully it sits right at the very bottom and we never have to look at it. But when something like this happens, that is it's a it's a form of survival. It's like it comes yeah. up to help us keep our head above water. Yeah. Because we're drowning, aren't we? But that's it, and that's exactly the right analogy. I felt like I was drowning. I felt I remember feeling, and I know it sounds stupid, but um in Titanic, I think it was Rose said, I feel like I'm in a crowded room and I'm screaming mm. and no one even looks up. That's exactly how I felt. I felt like I was around so many people and I was begging for help in all sorts of ways. And what do and you think was your, um, was the moment, because there will be a defining moment where you thought, um, I have, to, I have to change now. I have to stop this. I'm going to put that in its box and I, I have to go forward because I have to live. What, what was that defining moment? I'm really, really lucky that one of my really good friends, she is, um, older. She's just turned 60. And she has been through mental health and all sorts of stuff. And she sat me down and she took me to the hospital when I was at my very lowest. Cause, and she was like, you're not well, you need help. And so she took me to the accident emergency. What were you doing for her when you say you, cause there may be people out, you know, that are listening that have had something horrific in their life. And like you've just said, you weren't well. They're not well. They're not feeling well. Well, how did you? How did your friend know? She came to your house. She was screaming. You were. What were you doing? I was. I. I wasn't screaming. You know what? I was. I was crying a lot. I. I thought I'd run out of tears. I never. I mean, I cried a river. Mm. But, and it would be. I would be making toast, and all of a sudden, I'd start crying for no reason at all. It's, it just. It's there, and know, it needs to come out. It's a very similar um, feeling of grief. Yes. You know, you can be, and really you were grieving for your old life back. Totally. Totally and you, grieving. And you were grieving because it's gone. It's gone and you know it can never come back how it was. Never be the same. Never. Ever. But it can be better, darling. Oh, and, I, and this is, again, the gospel. Uh, you know, when my friend Mike, who was on Love Island and on Celebs Dating, passed away, it really sh- affected me. 
because I was also feeling dark and sort of suicidal. And with Mike, you need to tell us he, he, he took his own life, didn't he? He took his own life, yeah. Very much out of the blue. Very, I mean, he, he, Mike was like a Greek god and he had, he was so good looking and he was such a great guy. When you knew Mike, he was funny. He was, I mean, I absolutely loved the bones of him. And so for him to feel low enough to end his life, it was, I think, I mean, I've never been stopped more in the street than when he passed from people saying that it affected them and their family because it was so unexpected that a guy with no mental health background really, you know, hadn't, hadn't had a breakdown, hadn't had a, you know, Lindsay Lohan crazy mm. drug fueled stuff. But there are silent breakdowns, you see, and that's what most people that take their own lives Absolutely. are having a silent, nervous breakdown. Yeah, and for me it was like I was having that and... Like I said, my friend was lucky enough to say, you know what, you're not well. And because I, I was fighting. So I would wake up every morning and I'd be like, right, right, okay. Like I need to like focus. What can I do? Like I need projects and da, da, da. And she was like, stop. If you can just take, she said, first of all, she was like, take a week. Nothing's going to happen in seven days. So just take a week off everything. And I was like... I'm scared, oh, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. I know, I know what you're saying. And I took a week off and nothing bad happened. And then I took another week off and nothing bad happened. And then I took a third week off and I was like, oh, I like this. I, I'm working on myself. And the more that I surrendered and didn't fight, fight to clear my name, fight to, you know, fight the trolls, fight to like, da 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 you saw The more I was clearer. just like, stay at home I had my daily routine I'd wake up I'd walk my dog I'd have a bubble bath every day I'd watch comedy films I'd watch really light-hearted stuff and I I isolated myself in a good way in a positive way I read lots of self-help books that's what changed everything and I just wish that I could have explained that to Mike that actually you know you're you're fighting so hard to keep your head above water and actually everybody knows that if you stop fighting you just float to the surface and then once you're there it's actually quite relaxing mm. because you just let it all go mm. and then before you know it you're like um I I, I feel I start to and feel you, strong and again you, and you also when you get to that stage where you recognize that you can have a life again. Oh. The life again comes back to you, doesn't it? Look at the smile. Yeah, and look at the offers I'm so, you get. And honestly, I'm so grateful. And actually, the the things that are coming in now, like doing this podcast and, and being invited to go on TV and do things, I am so much more grateful now than I was before. Because every single time I get to do something, I think of Mike and I'm like, I'm doing this for you, Mike. I'm I'm continuing on to prove there is life after suicidal de suicidal thoughts so you, and depression. So you were having suicidal thoughts? Oh, terrible, terrible suicidal thoughts to the point where I was actually closer to doing something than I even I would let myself think. You know, mm. I was thinking about my suicide note. Wow. I was thinking about 
just jumping off my balcony it would be flashes of just like just do it just jump and I was thinking about all the things that I wanted to say to, you know, my last words, again, fighting my last words, my last sort of F you to everybody, like, yeah, here like you go. Spitting venom when yeah. that wasn't, yeah. When it was so unhealthy. And the minute I, I just, I blocked all of sort of life out and just focused on me. Like I literally walked my dog, had my bubble bath, watched fun movies and read self-help books and is exactly it's what I needed. I needed the rest in my soul. Mm. Um, and I think it's Jim Carrey. He always said, "He, if you're struggling, listen to Jim Carrey. He talks so much sense about suicide and mental health. And he said, if you're feeling depressed, it's because your soul is tired of pro- projecting the avatar that you think the world wants. Yeah, and also it 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 is, and you, you, we all think that we need to be a certain way to achieve whatever, and yeah. we don't. We 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 just need to be ourselves. And I think also with me, the good thing that I've accepted is that failure is part of success. And without me having my quote failure, I wouldn't be where I am, and I actually wouldn't change what's happened. If I had to do it again, I'd do it differently, but I wouldn't change what happened because See, I know. I, would. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, know I, would. I would change what, what I, I would. Yeah. So that's really interesting that, that you wouldn't ch- So maybe I haven't dealt with it yet maybe. completely. Yeah. Because I, I wouldn't would, change it because no. I'm so good now. And I now, where I couldn't see a future and I was sobbing and I remember just sobbing with my dog because I, and I was like looking at God and I was like, I just can't oh, see how this would get any better. And if I can't see how it's going to get any better, what's the point? Mm. Sobbing. Whereas now what the, what I can see is brighter and more colorful than I could have ever imagined. Because that person yeah, back then is gone. would never, ever feel the way I feel now. Mm. And I love, I love her now so not being big-headed i do that's amazing i mean i I think you've been so eloquent there and there's going to be many many people that can relate to that so what's happening now with this new life that you have tell me so like great things just so many good things and i'm just attracting so many wonderful people so i've started working with an amazing woman called samantha who we've launched a company called rogue daters explain explain so samantha's a private investigator she's fabulous and the company is there to help people um find out who they're dating really because the online world is full of catfishes is full of scams 51 million pounds was lost last year to dating scams Mm. 51 million and that's all what we know about. Most people don't report well, it they're, they're because they're embarrassed. Absolutely. They so are. I would say that figure's double. So we're looking at 100 million of UK money that is lost from our economy because of dating scams. So and there's no, there's nobody out there to, no. there's no regulation. There's no, the police won't help because they're just like, the money's gone to Uganda. There's nothing we can do. There's nothing. So we're the first company in the UK that's been tasked to actually really help these people to avoid it. And we're going to, quite controversially have um a whole page on the website with catfishing profiles to say this person is a catfish uh, absolutely so would people come to you that hadn't experienced a catfish but wanted someone 
in their life um, and would you would you go and find if that person was real and genuine yeah so we've just had our first celebrity client oh. whoop, whoop. Oh. she is online and she just her gut is telling her that the guy she's chatting to there's something not oh, quite oh. right so the, the you know the process can be really long and really short we do sort of easy background checks towards long stuff so at the moment we're currently monitoring his social media and his sort of activity um and it's we believe that he is who he says he is but we believe that his potentially his motives are not quite right oh, that's scary yeah because it? it he i mean samantha knows more than me she's she's uh, spotters it she can she's got the gut instinct for it she's amazing but it's it is about you know what we and we wouldn't we will find all the findings and then we will show it to the client and then they can make an informed decision but ultimately it is fascinating that even so even a celebrity whether you're a celebrity or a regular joe it doesn't matter people still get conned yeah. and if we can help people s- snip it in the bud before they ask for money before it happens we, we could save the economy multi-millions of pounds and what about what about tv for because you're tv gold <laughs> you are you, 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 because i think people that have a passion for their subject matter they've got to be tv gold because you're real when you're yeah. when you're passionate about something you are real and you're a very real person yeah well and I, mean? I love to help people i really do i really love i love taking someone in who is at the end of their tether, because I am kind of like the last resort. My clients come to me and go, look, I've tried online dating. I've tried offline dating. I can't find anyone. I don't know where I'm going wrong. So I love kind of molding them and giving them confidence and then sending them off into the world. And then I'll get a call three, six months later and be like, Nadia, I've met a man of my dreams. And one of my clients has just gotten pregnant for the second time with a guy we actually met out on a live coaching session. And I just, it's just, it fills my heart with joy that there's people out there that are in relationships and happy because, and the little tweaks that I taught them. Because it is little tiny tweaks. It's all tips, isn't it? Yeah. And also it's it's about recognising your, I mean, there's a lot of psychology that goes into yeah. your work. And I know you're not a psychologist, but there is a lot of psychology. And it's, it's, it's about showing the person that wants the date mm. that they can use some psychological tips. Absolutely. And it's so strange to me because actually in the past I would say 12 months the biggest thing that my clients ask me to help them with is flirting we've lost the art of flirting where they don't people now don't because we interact over a mobile and over text face-to-face flirting people are like I don't understand like the social cues like how do I know when they're interested and I'm like how do you know when a flirt uh is like you could almost say a pass at someone because there's a difference isn't there yeah you know, and people have lost it. So I'm now like reteaching the nation how to flirt and how to understand flirting. Do you think a, a flirting is is a bit like a, it's a smile, isn't it? Mm. It's, I don't oh. and, and it's exactly an eyebrow. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I was always when I was younger in my teens, everyone used to say, "Well, the boys would, oh, you're a real flirt," and I think, "Well, I'm not flirt." It was just natural for yeah. me to smile. Yeah, and you it know? is. I mean, I always say people always say, "What do you? What are your opinions on girls, women asking out guys?" And I'm like, no, absolutely not. He needs to ask you out because you don't need to ask out a guy. We, we've got this wonderful superpower mm. with eyes <laughs> and lips and yep. smiles. And a look. And a, and a, a, a look. Tilt, a Ooh. tilt of the head, absolutely. And we can, we can tell a guy 
you've got the green light to ask me out without move without uttering a word absolutely and and i just think that 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 is a win-win the woman feels fantastic and powerful and amazing and the man's like oh yeah i feel like very manly and like yeah i'm gonna ask her out because i know that i can't get rejected and it creates a sort of rather than again i remember watching first dates a couple of months ago and they had a great date and then they had a full-blown argument about who pays the bill and i was like literally you have just sat there for two hours had a great day and now because the girl is being really confrontational like no i'm not having it i'm paying my i I want it and he's like no no i would like to get this for you i've had a really good day shut up oh and it's like you've just ruined because you have you have an issue with your own insecurity that you desperately want to pay and you don't feel respect enough for yourself to let somebody pay for you with no strings attached you've ruined a great connection and I think it's about teaching women that we can be so strong and powerful in our own way yeah we don't need to be ball busters no we we we've got it there is a difference yeah there is a difference there's a difference between a powerful woman being actually uh quite bombastic yeah. and arrogant yeah. and being a powerful woman and still being able to show your compassion yeah. and, f- and and flirt at the same time. And there's no, like, the when I speak to couples, when we do, if I do couples counselling, the main thing the guy always says is that he feels underappreciated. And the first thing I say to women, and I usually take them aside and I say to them, next time a light bulb goes, ask him to change it. Because I know you're capable of changing the light bulb. Of course you are. You're a in, strong, independent woman who runs a massive yeah, yeah. empire. Yeah. But let me tell you something. If you say to him, darling, the light bulb's gone in the bathroom. Can you change it, please? <laughs> he'll go, puff up his chest and he'll be like, yeah. yeah. And then he'll change the light bulb and you'll be like, oh, thank you so much. Now I can yeah. do my makeup again. And he'll be like, yeah, yeah, me that, man. I have to Me say, good man, yeah. yes. That might change once you're married, though. Well... <laughs> quite that ring changes a lot of this situation <laughs> but it's about it. letting yeah. a man feel appreciated on also on men's terms yeah. and what it's, about um the lgbtq community do do you do help um you know th- th- that area definitely i've had i've had two trans clients um which i just love and adore and and the whole community I'm obsessed with I just think like they're just my favorite people I love them um but it's a different it's such a different world is it oh my god because obviously you've got the first of all like who pays you know because it's easy for sort of straight couples the man pays that's how I feel I don't know I'm gonna get crucified but I'll never change my opinion so there's no point um, no, but I agree with you on that. Totally. I mean, it's very old fashioned, but then I'm, you know, I What's am of a different it? era. Nothing wrong with it. Right. You know, it's, like, and I've got grandsons and my grandsons are taught that you do open the door for the 100%. girl. Do you know what I mean? It's manners. You, yeah, it's manners. It's exactly. not, oh, you want equal pay, you want equal rights and you want them to pay. Well, so when you've got two <laughs> girls then, it's, what, it's very what, difficult. Is it? But I always say the rules should be, in theory, whoever asks the other person on the date pays. So if I ask you on a date, I will pay. I will be expected. And even if you go half on the date, (laughs) but if I, and so, and also I ask you on a date within my means. So I would never ask you on a date thinking that we would go halves and take you to Nobu knowing that I could only afford the half. Yeah. I would always, whoever asks, 
is expected to pay the yeah. bill. And then it comes out in the wash because the next time the next person yeah. will pay. But honestly, you will not believe how many times I've sat in a restaurant and watched the old calculator on the phone come mm. out. And I remember a woman next to me was being funny about it. And literally, I, I couldn't help myself. And I turned around, I put my hand on her shoulder and said, honey, let it go. Mm. Let him pay. Yeah. You know, we don't need the calculator. No. I mean, Why is that? Because people I'm so are, uncomfortable with that. Right? You know, when you go, it's like, and then it's like, I get so cross with it. It's like, I end up paying the bill. It's like, no, I'm not, I'm not just going to, do you know what I mean? Oh, same. And for me, very much if, well, I can't actually, if I'm honest, I can't remember the last time I went on a date and was expected or even asked to pay half because mm. I date gentlemen. Mm. Um, but for me, if a guy were to say it, I personally would say, I will, I will pay this one. Yeah. And we'll never I'll get the whole uh, bill. But I'm on, um, me and yeah. you, it's not going to work. So happy days. Yeah. No problem at all. To- totally. I'll, I'll do this one. You crack on, but please don't call me again. So you're going to, because I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, oh my God, can you imagine, imagine you need a column where you've got dating tips of the week and things. Do you know what I mean? It would be yeah. amazing. What are, you, what are you doing at the moment? Do you write for any magazines? Yeah, or? I do lots. I do um, lots with OK Magazine. Um, I did like a really good Love Island column with The Mirror. And so, yeah, I do lots of that sort of stuff. And I want to do more and more and more and more because I, for the first time, I think in the last 12 months, there has been a decline in online app downloads and usage. So the tide is turning. And I know for a fact that I'm getting more inquiries now than I ever have done because people are sick of online dating and rubbish And what apps about your own app then? Have you got your own app? I'm developing one. Yeah, Ooh. I am developing one. But I want it to be with the premise, you know, that, that it, it's, it's not about, hey, you no. know, it's about like so meeting the person, right? Like just, yeah. just create chemistry. So as far as I can see here, you have definitely overcome, um, your demon. There's no doubt about that. You're a powerful woman. Thank You're you. a survivor. Yeah. I love a survivor. Yeah. And know? listen, do I think for one set, I mean, I'm 37, so I've got many more, no doubt, mistakes to make and failures and blips and all sorts of stuff. But I've never been more sure that I now have the tools that Mm. are necessary. And my number one thing is surrender. Don't fight it. Just relax and let it, because like you say, if you don't engage, it does go away. Yeah. And I always think back to when Kate Moss got caught with the cocaine scandal. She did not address it once. She's never addressed it. Well, it's her business. And a year later, she got more endorsements than she had the year before when everyone dropped her and I just think you know what when you just let it go yeah focus on your friends your family the things that you enjoy do things you enjoy and I I think also you know as I always say to them in the office when they're going on about the trolls what what other people think of me is their business. It's got yeah. nothing to do with me. And I, again, I, I mean? can't change their mind. I, I could sit on... Who I mean, wants I've... to change their mind? They're sad people. Exactly. So it, we, we have to let it be. Do you know it's been... You're an inspiration. Well, as are you. Oh, so darling. we're in good company. <laughs> um, and may it just go get better and better and better, darling. Thank you. Um, you deserve it. I hadn't seen Nadia for quite a while... So the opportunity to interview her, um, I, I found that pretty exciting. And then to discover the journey that she'd been on, the places that she'd been in her head, 
and just how she's come out of that and she's turned that around and she's now in a happy place. It was a wonderful interview. I, I just love seeing her in such a positive place. If you have enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, leave a five-star review and a little comment. enjoying this podcast then you will love the real brunch a weekly pop culture podcast where three friends get together to discuss their lives would you rather be smart or pretty 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 <laughs> no 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 smart no i can't be lying i want to be pretty <laughs> with amazing guest interviews such as got guan so you could say anything let's put my name before it you know what you're gonna get so yeah. it could be like gox fill your house of free Got's Closed Road Show. I mean, Gok whips a bear. I mean, you kind of know kind of what you're going to get. World champion athlete Dina Asher-Smith. Still, every single race, you can go out there and honestly just focus on yourself and try and beat your personal best, mm. which I think is really empowering in itself. So, yeah, obviously, go to the Olympics, you want to win. But if you come third in, like, a national record, an amazing time, a time that you are a little child inside, you could never have envisaged you could ever run. You're going to be happy, aren't you? And of course, Sally Morgan. But me, I used to go in when I was tired or I was going to go down with something, darling, like yeah. you did in those days. <laughs> in the 50s, you went down with chicken pox or the measles or whatever. Um, and it, it, basically, it, she used to say to me, you'll have your funny moments now because it seemed as if when I wasn't very well, I knew things. Search The Real Branch on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favourite podcast app. This is a podcast by Peroxide Media.